You do one more insult to me, Clancy, and the relationship's <laughs> over. There you go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Grenade Show Association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. And that is how our show is going to start, I'm afraid, even if it is just the noise of Simon Clancy. Is there a noise of putting your fingers up at somebody? <laughs> We're going to be reviewing the week 10 action. I don't even know what week of the NFL it is anymore. This is going to be a fun one. This is the Grenade Show. Couldn't really do the usual being very loud on the intro thing because uh, we're just in the lobby of a hotel at this point. So we decided to burst our eardrums instead with that over-the-top loudness. The, the Does that sound I, familiar, over-the-top loudness? Hmm, let me think. It's basically the tagline of this podcast, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> we do loud better than anyone else. Uh, this is the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips getting you in the game and we are on the final day. We are just a couple of hours away. We're going to head to the airport shortly, leaving Charlotte, Carolina, and heading our way back to London, where uh, we can all have a few days' recovery, and then Simon Clancy can start me on a hard workout, as is the plan. What's it called? Plan 8 Stone. Getting in the diet. <laughs> getting in the diet. Getting in the diet. Getting you in the diet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, no, getting you in the diet. Should yeah. we, should we, should we try and do it as a sponsored sled? <laughs> See if you can find someone who gets. You could involved. raise the money to send me to the Super Bowl. I <laughs> <laughs> nearly suggested yesterday that we should crowdfund to get you to the Super Bowl. People, people of, of uh, Gridironland, uh, um, these podcasts are obviously infinitely better with me on them. So uh, <laughs> if you do want to. You've been hanging around with Will Gavin too wanna, long. I have, Christ. If you do want to send me to the Super Bowl, then please just send all money. Thank I, re- you. I reckon it would cost about. Probably only about. He'd have to keep an hour floor, but 600 quid. There you go, people. There's the challenge. 600 pounds is all we're asking for better entertainment from these podcasts than you'll ever get. If people are interested, we'll send I mean, if we, can get it, if we can get it up to like 1,200 quid, we can get a second hotel room and then we don't have to have anyone to Listen, keep anyone's floor. I've We've, spent, been, doing this spent for, we've been doing this for free for 180 episodes. Spent Maybe just chuck us a quid each. A quid each. That's all we're asking. Yeah. I spent 14 nights in the same room as the human man baby. I don't, I'm not... I'm not averse to sleeping on the floor. You know, I'm you not know, asking for anything. You'd be staying in the same room as the human man baby, the little hairy baby, the slightly lighter <laughs> big ginger, and Again, possibly I'm Paolo Bandini no, and Paolo Josh Peacock as well. Oh, I mean, John that's really sad. Oh, John Jackson. We're talking about sharing a room with six other men. I'm not frightened. I like you that. should be. I like no. your attitude. I'm not. So over the last few days, we've been... When did we last do a podcast? Was it before you guys went off to East Mississippi? Yes, and, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, so over the last few days, we've been to Tiger Stadium, me and Ollie. That was great. Literally nobody cares. These guys went off to East Mississippi <laughs> to, what we're to see the state championship and went to Mississippi State, Alabama. Then we all met up in Atlanta, went to Falcons, Cowboys, and then flew to Charlotte. Uh, went to the Carolina Panthers Miami Dolphins game, which I'm now going to ask Simon Clancy to sum up for me in three words. <laughs> C- come back to me because uh, <laughs> no, he's no Dre. Is he? <laughs> I'm no Dre, but then I'm trying not to swear. Uh, we'll, we'll never forget Dre. We, we are. We do have the ability to beep out anything you do say. I'm a responsible adult. Will I can't be seen to be swearing on a national podcast? Tawdry, disappointing, predictable. 
You won't see. I mean, to be fair, when uh, these guys popped out to visit the rest of the, the group in the, the, the half time and popped back up towards the end of the third quarter and essentially asked to me whether you were suicidal. And I said, actually, he's been, you know, at not one point have I seen him with his head in his hands. Have I seen him really struggling? He's just kind of sat there and seemingly accepted it. Well, he had two pages of A4 notes <laughs> filled with questions for Adam Gaze. <laughs> I only managed to ask two of them before he walked out. So he was... Before you offended him enough. I, well, he wasn't offended with the first one. He was, I think he was a bit offended with the second one. But then he was offended with my question in London. It was the well, right so. follow-up question. It was the right follow-up question. What was question. the second one? Uh, uh, well, no, no, what was the first one? The first one was two weeks ago you said the offence was... Um, you, you were sick of be, the offence being terrible uh, and you said it was the most predictable offence in the league. Where, where does it stand now? Which he gave a nice conciliatory answer and was looked me in the eye and chatted for 90 seconds and then I said... Would what you was the look into the eye like romantic? It, it was kind of romantic. Nice. A little bit, you know, okay, dreamy. And then, little and bit then, dreamy. And then what was the follow-up? Uh, would you ever consider giving up play calling? Oh, no. he walked out. Which is... <laughs> 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 which in fairness was a bullet popped in by me because yeah. I just went to Clancy earlier in the moment so are you claiming this question of course yeah, he is am, yeah. his ego knows no bounds Jeez, you've been hanging out with Will Gavin for too long we all have <laughs> yeah. words hurt guys God, I, think, I think you even made a, a big edit comment earlier on I did what do you mean even you he's the most modest man I've ever met alright you've not met a lot of men that's what I'm saying I'm pretty modest Keep telling yourself I'm one that. of I'm, I may be the most modest person I've ever met. <laughs> that is modest. <laughs> well, awesome. well done. Mate. Well done, guys. Well that's done, that's what I was doing. Uh, so, Carolina, we've li- I've liked uh, I've liked Carolina. I've liked I have Scarlett. apart from Scott, our Uber driver, who was an absolute weapon. Yeah, we, did, we did have we did have an Uber driver. We had who, Harry, who was a great Uber driver. Harry yeah. was the best Uber driver we've had, apart from the guy in New Orleans with the dreads. Who took us to Igel? Igel took us to the candlelight lounge. And and by the way, how good was the candlelight lounge? It was amazing when it was open. Great suggestion. <laughs> by the way, did you notice that he stopped the car and reversed, reversed to tell, tell us, us that this is what we should yeah. be watching? I love that hero. What a hero! He Harry, was a hero. Harry though this morning was was right yeah, up there. Harry was, was up there, but Scott. But, but Scott was a Trump loving, Kaepernick hating redneck from. Uh, Charlotte. Other than that, he was I had nothing else to say about him. He was, no, a, dis- he was, fine. He was I, a disgrace. I'd, I'd never wanted to get on Scott, but otherwise, Charlotte was. Uh, Charlotte was. Charlotte's been good fun. Charlotte's beautiful. The stadium was great. Yeah. Like, the tailgate yeah. last night was amazing. We had a great Food game of really good. three on three outside with Michael, oh, with the left hand of Michael Vick for two hours, which oh, was wow. awesome. Nate, a local guy who Nate, we local came and guy. played some, uh, came and played some football with us. Bit of three on three. Played for about two hours. Yeah, he was the star. In fact, so good that I don't think we needed. To I mean, he wasn't really the star. Because I think what we just need to, what we probably just need to do is reiterate that the game finished thirty-five fourteen to. to are you three were on the? Stu- uh, okay, did so you, I was did on you notice? Did you notice? Just from mouth shape, there he was about to go to my team. My team. Well, I mean, he said you was my team because. We won. So it was five. It wasn't. It was thirty-five. Cause it was because he picked him off right. At the I end. scored three right. touchdowns receiving. I also forced a fumble, which I returned for a touchdown from from Big Willie, and I made a pick six as well. Do you know thirty-five. What's I also. I would just like to say as well. I also had one pass defence. 
Do you know <laughs> Did you account for every touchdown? <laughs> every touchdown. What's awful about this? Two short catches and runs. And Did then you one, not uh, let one. anyone else play in your team? I was just wide open because I was so good the whole time. No. Was it? And you also, and had, also the you also had Craig hands of Stone Gurney on your then team. Then I also caught a who, deep bomb over Sherry and Will for a touchdown. He had he had like borderline cleats on compared to us. <laughs> and I, I was fully padded up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had a helmet over the top. Oh, mate, that's the way I roll. <laughs> he also did at one point, he did at one point catch a pass <laughs> as Matt Sherry was charging him down it was a and great Sherry moment. bounced off him like he was a brick wall. He went down as well. He didn't just bounce off him, he went down. The what, sc- I, what actually happened? The scream oh, was oh, incredible. Oh, well. One person says, here's what actually happened, but three people go, literally just told the story of exactly yeah, what happened. Yeah, I mean, I attempted to slow down and stop it was a collision. He just kept trucking forward. It was a deep in and I just turned my back it was kind of like Reggie Wayne. <laughs> you, you, ca- you came in like Earl Thomas and ended up like Mark Gastineau. T.J. McDonald. Do you remember when? Do you remember when Craig blindside blocked me? That was the. I thought that was the player of the game. Pick six was the player of the game, or the the long bomb that I caught. Oh yeah, well two of yours. Yeah, great. Think so. Yeah. I mean. I counted for all five touchdowns. I mean, I mean, what else is there to say? We've worked out when it comes to competitive sport, play, play of the like game. Will when it comes to Probably everything did. else. Play of the game was first and goal, where Ollie ran the jet sweep, ran it into the corner, and I just basically held Clancy and Craig at the same time. It was ta- one of those. It was one of the most flagrant penalties in the history of time. I still made the tackle. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, <laughs> what, what we can say... This is what I'm like the rest of the time, yeah, because I really worse. need to rein it in. Yeah, it is, yeah. But worse. So, <laughs> we can mean, all safely say... This is similar, but ...that worse. playing a little bit Slightly of three-on-three three or whatever is so much fun. It was and great fun. If you've got, if you've got some, some friends, like-minded friends, and you just find a bit of grass... Just go and do it. Ollie's getting wistful. Go and play again. His last day my at hips, all. My hips were really aching this morning. I've got my ankles hurt. Like my bum cheeks. Of course they were. My abdominals, which have long since been hidden behind <laughs> you're, you're a firewall. <laughs> you're older than old man Gates. Didn't and look he's like old. Everybody, did I? No, no, that's true. When I was roasting your tea. Yeah, that's Not true. literally, people. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Look at the, look at the lack of grip on these. <laughs> that's what I was running this, around. This is a podcast, mate. A borderline <laughs> ice rink. I'm just interacting with the other people in the room. All oh, right. Uh, so, yeah. Bank of America Stadium was great fun. Really great stadium, good, really good tell. Oh, really great stadium. Beautiful field. Ollie and I w- walked on the field last night. After yeah, after did. Great. I mean, I know this sounds really geeky, but it's like it was like a literally like a carpet, wasn't it? Uh, but, and it was, it was grass astonishing. as well, which yeah. is really but it nice. It looked good as well. Yeah. Colours and and the, with the stadium, with the city in city the background. Behind the They've got some the, because of the the shade of blue that the Panthers wear. It opens it up to the whole stadium yeah. just being. Little blue features that are really. But it's like off. the stadium and the city have become one, don't it? It's yeah. Because it's literally right in the heart of downtown. It's a really small central. I was, I was really surprised at how city. Uh, like it's one of those stadiums which you don't think about. You don't, you think I want to visit. I want to go to Lambo. Yeah. I want to go to Soldier Field. I want to go to like you kind of. There's certain stadiums you want to tick off the list, and Bank of America might not be on it. Be on that. But actually, and actually, I I really liked and it. It's and beautiful outside. Ollie and I walked down outside when you boys were at the tailgate, and it's like a college. It's like walking into like Oxford in Mississippi, or it's like a real college town. It's got this beautiful kind of tree-lined boulevard yeah, around yeah, the so and uh, autumnal. It's, it was so beautiful, wasn't what, it? Whilst crazy, come, crazy Joe at the, the uh, whilst crazy Joe at the tailgate fed us something called panther juice and uh, some local moonshine. Stop picking your nose, literally. <laughs> um, I'm not picking my nose. That's about the eighth time you've done it since we started. Uh, it's because of itchy. Uh, do you know what you're doing? 
he's looking for me to try and cover me. <laughs> he can't, he can't find me. He, can't, he keeps pulling his finger out. There's nothing there. He can't find me. This is ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> But yeah, the tailgate was amazing. I also stayed in my really like Ollie as well. For goodness' sake, can we we've just got, get away from this conversation? We've got, um, <laughs> we've actually got some audio. What we're going to do? We're going to do the show now, which is going to be us chatting in the lobby of this hotel. We're going to talk about the week ten games. But uh, we have got you guys spoke with a few people in the locker rooms yesterday. Yeah, James Bradbury. Um, can we can we say why I spoke to James Bradbury? No, it, it's not getting used. What? On the it's for the magazine, not for the podcast. All right. no, no, I'm no, not no. cutting that out. We'll just say there's going to be a James Bradbury interview coming in the magazine. Great. In a few weeks. In a, well, next year. We we'll spoke to James Bradbury, uh, and, okay, we won't hear it, but it's going to be in the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be in the magazine, and it's fascinating. So get involved when it comes out. I spoke to Kiko Alonso for four... Forty-three seconds. Forty-three seconds. When you sent me the audio seconds. files, you sent me the wrong I mean, thing, he mate. Literally just, it was monosyllabic. I haven't sent you the audio the yet. Uh, and then I spoke to Kenyon Drake as well, uh, who was quite interesting off the back of his 66-yard touchdown run. But beyond that, the Dolphins' locker room was like a ghost ship. Um, oh, the, it wasn't a happy place. The, oh, pan- the Panthers' locker room, as the media were, were, were let in, blaring out was Adele, someone like you, and who was it coming from? Cam Newton, who was in the corner singing it at the top of his lungs. And obviously the, the media come in and you've got to turn it down so that it's not blaring over any recordings. And he was really annoyed about that, just cursing and swearing and how, and by, how by much the, the way, media hate him, apparently. The, the, the second towel in the locker room in 24 yeah. hours. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, Des Bryant was, was absolutely disgraceful. Oh, look, I can see you guys. You're, I'm not doing the accent. I can't do you even know what the, talk. The great thing in the Panthers locker room is no one paid Cam Newton any attention whatsoever. Did you see his jacket? No, but nobody really did Des, but it was a whole, oh, I can see you want to come over here, but don't even think about coming over here. That's how he's With talking. a couple of F-bombs. He's such a thug, isn't he? he is. the, um, I think the Cam Newton performance last night as well, obviously he had the big run, which yeah. would look very impressive. But I had to say in the first half, all of the issues he's had over the past few years with accuracy were really apparent. He yeah. missed open game, throws game, so many times. Game changed in eight minutes, as Adam Gay said afterwards. It, it changed with that terrible Cutler interception, and it changed. Oh, why the, was he so aggressive in that situation? Uh, it changed there, and then they, the, so that put them up by ten, ten rather than and yeah. Then they got the ball back straight away and scored at the first, and that essentially is game over. I think I think on the game we don't need to say that much no, about it. It was, it was no. a playoff team against maybe a bottom five or six team yeah. in the NFL, yeah. but. That's, that's, that's a debate to have. I said, are the Dolphins the fifth worst team? Um, no, because you've just mentioned it. Can I finish the thought? I no. said, no, you fine. can't. Are the, Dolphins, are the Dolphins the fifth worst team in the NFL? <laughs> uh, we'd all like it if you did that, but it's fine. Oh, are the Dolphins the fifth worst team in the NFL? He's got his, he's got and you track, said... He's got his new tracksuit bottoms on from <laughs> TJ Maxx. <laughs> yeah. And he's got his comfort pants ready to go for the plane. He wears comfort pants. Are you... Are you done? Uh, who, like, bottom five teams in the NFL right now? You can oh, tell yeah. you Browns, 49ers, Colts, Giants. And I think Giants, Giants are the bottom. <laughs> in Giants below Browns. <coughs> yeah. I don't think I don't the, from I don't the talent perspective, not. I'm not going to Yeah, no, but I think the Browns, Browns will beat them next week if they played. Broncos? I think you've got a clear no, bottom. I think, I think the Dolphins. I think you've got a clear Dolphins bottom. Dolphins are one four. game out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah but that's because the AFC is horrendous. What about the Bears? But the teams they've beaten are legitimate playoff teams. The way they've played on primetime the last three weeks. I mean, they beat Mark Castle. They beat the Falcons on the, the road. The, they were fortunate against the Chargers. They've been fortunate in every game. 
Yeah. But they still won. The Falcons ultimately. was a good win. The Jets was a weird game. In that they were terrible for the majority and then but they still won. But they legitimately could be oh and how many games you played? Nine. Genuinely. No. Oh and nine. The um but on Carolina itself as a city to watch again. We went to Mississippi State, Alabama on Saturday, and one of the things I said to Simon, because we were going to Atlanta the next day, is I'm excited to see that new modern-style NFL stadium, but it will not have what this has, which oh, is just... God. The, these, they're not the techno-looking stadiums, the old-fashioned design. Concrete the, ramps, but the the st- yeah, natural... But, but like they're still really cool buildings. The, yeah. the atmosphere inside them, even without a roof, is incredible. I mean, the atmosphere for Mississippi State... If there's a better atmosphere in any sporting event in the world, when them clappers start going and when they're beating Alabama, I want to hear it because I don't believe that there is. But I thought Carolina, as you've just alluded to, reminded me of that college feel. Mm. And one of the points I'm going to make when I do some notes in the magazine about the trip is there is something about college football that the NFL is just never going to be able to replicate. And I thought Carolina was as close to it but still a million miles away. First of all, the stadium was nowhere near full. Every college stadium we've seen. I know LSU wasn't. Yeah, Tiger Stadium was probably only about two-thirds full. I I know we went to big games, but I mean... Consider, you consider the record, you consider yeah, the you consider, team they're playing, yeah, you consider the State, 11 a.m. kickoff, like, but, it was but, never going to be. But then last night you considered that Carolina are well in the playoff hunt, it's Monday night football... For that not to be fully full just tells you that it's not capturing well, and the way seen, these college towns do. We've seen that with Atlanta, which was nowhere near full. And we saw it. Lots of people on the concourses. Uh, but we saw that with Texas. Ollie never left the press box, of course. And all the people who were on the concourses said the concourses were completely packed, as we speculated about, that they are essentially a victim of their own success. We, heard, we saw it in t- in, with the Texans as well. There the, is a disconnect. The one, the there one is exception a that me and Simon saw, the Superdome was full yeah. and it was loud. Rocking. Yeah, awesome atmosphere. That's because New Orleans, as we've established... Is the great city on it. Third, it's the great Third best atmosphere on the trip. Yeah. Right. In terms but it was, I mean, I think that was 105.6 decibels at its best uh, it in New Orleans. actually. 109. Point, yeah, but still, I do not believe for one minute... It was anything on Bama LSU, right. and certainly, certainly it not. It also went to 109 State, Alabama. For, a ga- for a nothing game. I mean, they were up 30-3 to three at one yeah. point. It wasn't like it was close. Imagine what it was like if it was close. But yeah, Ballar- 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 Bama LSU was the second best, but it had nothing on Mississippi State, Alabama. So the atmosphere there was we, we were beyond, uh, well, uh, beyond words. There was a time when I, I got up to go to the toilet, and I came back in. And as I opened the door, I literally had to put my hands to my ears because it was it, it yeah. was so loud. It was almost felt it, like was it was definitely personal. loud. Matt and I were sat next to each other in the press box. Now the press box was open, so for those of you who never sat in the press box, literally we were kind of you line up at, behind one of the sidelines, but up. And I suppose we were probably in line with the forty-yard line. Yeah, we were literally sat next to each other, like you would be at a, you know a, anywhere, a restaurant or a school or whatever. And we could not hear each other talking to each other. Yeah. We just get, the only way we could communicate with each other was either writing stuff down or literally going up and shouting in each other's ears. Oh, oh, oh just looking at each so other. Uh, we're shaking our heads. And shaking our heads and how the gas we were and how loud it was. And then what happens in college football is that with about eight minutes to go, you go, down, you go downstairs to get to the locker room yeah, and you, yeah. you go on the field. So you can walk anywhere, not on the field, obviously, but around on the behind the sideline, yeah, yeah. So literally we're standing, you know, two feet away from the, from the edge of the field 
right next to the crowd to be down there in that cauldron. Never forget well, it. Well, the thing is, so, so we like we and the noise of the bands, and we were right behind the Alabama band. Right oh. Like uh, we no, right wonder, no wonder plays go missing on the field and the the communication. Yeah, absolutely. That's why absolutely. people get loud but on also, third and fourth. It also down. speaks to the power of somebody like a Jalen Hurts, who we've now seen twice. True sophomore, 19 years old, won a national championship. Uh, on the played for a national championship. Plays for the number one team in the nation. To be in that atmosphere and to drive his team down at the end of the game with no mistakes, no yeah. penalties at the line of scrimmage, that you know, running for that critical first down, changing the play. So I spoke to Calvin Ridley after the game that there was a crucial third and 15 where Jalen changed the play at the line of scrimmage out of a play that Ridley was saying, don't change it, don't change it. And Jalen was like, I don't like what I'm seeing. Change the play. They converted for first down. He drove down, hit the, one, the winning touchdown to, 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 to Smith. To be able to do that at age 19 as a true sophomore in in that and atmosphere. that's the that's the thing that's the thing they're just There's kids aren't they yeah so, so that's what, what makes him special what's that's what made Deshaun Watson special it's what makes Baker Mayfield special when we talk on this podcast and in the magazine and stuff yeah. about kids having the it factor coming out that's what we mean it's about being able to deliver you know you talk about Deshaun Watson being able to you know when the lights were on brightest that's when he plays his best same with Jalen Hurts it's going to be such a fascinating discussion in a couple so of years what time. we're talking about is go on touch go to touchdown trips Go on a, a trip where you can go and see a college game and watch the stars of the future perform in their natural but environment. The other element with that is, I mean, I'm, I've always been a pretty huge fan of college football anyway. But I feel like I feel like college football was like a very good start to the, for the main meal of the NFL on Sunday on a weekly basis. Totally. For, it's not, for me, it's always been Yeah, and, and you're not as... No, the NFL's always been the starter for the college football. Yeah, see, meal. that's interesting. I'm more excited for the rest of the college mm. season now than I was before this trip, and it's because yeah. you get so taken in by the atmosphere and, and just Sunday's the community results, around it. The community around it, and we, we saw that and felt that in with LSU being in the tailgate and watching the band come down and the, and the dance and the uh, cheerleaders as well and and it, was, it was all wonderfully choreographed it just seeing all of that i mean if i i, I don't know how anyone would choose something else i also think with college football sunday's results having so many big teams playing each other so late in the season having two really big upsets and one very near upset at the game you were at having all that kind of happening as well that helps towards building the atmosphere there have been times and I think introducing playoffs to college football and even though I still think that they need to either expand them or find a, they need to a, a, a less contentious way of dealing with how you take who that top four top eight if they're going to expand it is done I think that's made a huge difference to the way that you follow it because I think for a lot of people they're like okay I can follow it and I can see what the AP rankings are and stuff but really unless I'm a supporter of a team do I care who the Big Ten champion is versus the Pac-12 champion I know there's going to be a national championship game but I can't really track who's going to be in that I think that's made a huge huge difference to particularly how a neutral fan can follow mm. college football outside of all the brilliant stuff we're saying about seeing it live awesome. and, and if I had a pick right now if, I, if you said to me right you can go to uh, you're on a tour and you go to five games next season and you can do you know, college or NFL I'd go to five college That's games so right yeah, now I think, yeah, I unless, unless there was like a specific I mean, big NFL game unless it was like a Lambo or go but to the only like reason that. you would go to the NFL game is because there's no college on a Sunday so you can do both anyway but yeah, yeah. if it was like I want to experience fire. I want to go to the big house now I want to go there's to something pure I want to go to Tuscaloosa I, mean, I want to go to and, and then to take it on down the, the chain and the level we went obviously to to East Mississippi Community College's state championship game and 
they have notoriety now from the Netflix TV show Last Chance You. And I mean, there was maybe 4,000 in that stadium. It was rocking all day long. I mean, it was a big. It was an insane. It game was a as huge well. game. Two, it was two, a double overtime. Two bands, two stadium, each side of the each side filled with with fans. There was it was it was Veterans Weekend, so there were a lot of military veterans there. Big sales going on. Just could they? Could they? In theory, with the NFL, try and introduce some of the stuff that they do in college football, like the bands, like the. But the, but the, the, they couldn't because ultimately. It would feel it's forced. too real in Where, college yeah, football. It's pure. You can't really replicate it. It's in their blood. Because yeah. I tell you what, exactly I, what I, mean, I think the, what you're right with there is that the, what is noticeable. Because we went in with the student fans as well at LSU. We went into the bands, and and I did it as well with the high school game because I was wandering around trying to get photos and stuff. I went to where the band and then the cheerleaders everyone sat. The fact that they are all going to the school, fans, it's not yeah. a job for them, it's exactly. a passion thing, and you feel that come across yeah. in everything that they do. The, the I mean, they're incredibly, don't get me wrong, they're also insanely professional and proficient in everything else, but I think you're right, that, that it might feel forced. The, the only the thing that, that I think in the NFL, in history, that I can think of that has ever had that feel is maybe the Baltimore Colts band. That I'm looking at Simon Fox. The they for the they for they on them. Yeah, but yeah. they yeah, they yeah. kind of are the only thing that's ever really replicated. But you what you've just said is true. The students of the school, so that's what creates the purity also, it's of people, it all. It's people that live in the state. You know, yeah. if it's Georgia, if you live in the state of Georgia, it's Georgia or Georgia Tech, and you, there is a. And we've talked about this quite a lot away from the pod and just generally on buses and in cars and stuff. There is a patriotism, a level of it's kind of level of love about what you uh, a sense of belonging far more a sense of belonging school spirit is a yeah. big thing at high school in college you know where you grew up in yeah. the US I th- I is think, far more I important than where you grew up in the and UK there's, there's, a, there's a chance that we have tribalism that's the, the, unmatched yeah you're there's right a, there's a chance that we have slightly rose tinted glasses of the fact that we've just spent two weeks in the south where it's that cliche that football is a religion well, it is. and it really is but here then, and you, you know, saw that from high school you go to Penn State you go to Michigan you go to you know I've been to you know, all around it, you go to Utah, I've been to New Mexico. I've been to all LA and it's been, all the know, same. I've been to Montana and, and watched Montana, University of Montana play. They care about it just as much as, you know, and it, it's not the same atmosphere as it is in the big house or it is in, you know, yeah. Lane Davis or it is in Dope Campbell or, or whatever. But it's still, it's still important but to people also that are there. But also, the reason why it's not going to work for the Chargers in LA and it may not work for the Rams is because... You've got UCLA, you've got USC, you've got Stanford, you've got... It's so college-y. If you're a football fan in LA, it's a college team first, then it's the Raiders... Then it's it might be the and another, might be anyone else, which is, which is still why it's ludicrous. It's the same, the it's the same, with, the, the same with the South, because you, really, apart from the Saints and the Jaguars and the Falcons, but really the Saints and the Falcons, you don't have anybody. But you do have Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, yeah. Arkansas, Mississippi, what Mississippi a, State. That's that's where people's attention what, is. One of mine and Simon's Clancy's. Just one Simon. Of, I mean, there's only one of Clancy. <laughs> no, you knew we need your full name. You don't need to call me Simon Clancy. No, I know. Simon Clancy, 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 Clancy there's literally the third. four of us here, and I, I'm the only one called well, Simon. One of, one of mine and Clancy Lott's biggest takeaways <laughs> from the Alabama game. You love a takeaway. Is <laughs> in all forms. In all forms. I think you'll find Clancy Lott loves a takeaway. A game ending takeaway that uh, yeah, game, ran up the score like to 35 14. You also love an old How are you bringing the back? It was a just say it was a great read as well it was like vision because the, the Mike Vick that we had at quarterback <laughs> the guy that Nate 
He was the left-hander like Mike Vick. By the way, isn't it great to see a left-hander throw Beautiful, the and he could really spin it as yeah, well. Yeah, he really could. Carry on. Uh, I cut through traffic and just stepped in front of Ollie and, I mean, high-stepped it to the house like Dion Sanders. Problem was, actually, Michael Vick didn't realise that I hadn't turned round. Well, but he, he also didn't see the the absolutely stallion ball hawking safety coming across uh, he, and he also didn't see that uh, when Ben attempted to jam me at the line of scrimmage and I'd got off to the, I was literally the widest open that I've ever been in my life doesn't matter because he saw he saw for the first he time he got tunnel vision for the first time in the entire game he thought Ollie was open because he'd been absolutely shut down by Dion and then all of a sudden he had a yard and boom he cuts across Earl Thomas pick six High stepping so, to, to Anyway, back to with all this with all this love to, for college, so we now spend the next half an hour talking about the NFL. Just one sec. <laughs> I just want to briefly drive away from uh, Clancelot Island and talk about. <laughs> By the way, Clancelot Island is a place <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to <laughs> have who, a holiday. Who wouldn't want to come here? <laughs> <laughs> no, not wide receivers, because um, you got to cover them. Mate. You get it, yeah. But right. one of our big takeaways. Wait, from, wait, 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 wait. Uh, oh, <laughs> and that's not Matt breathing. It's actual air. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That's made me feel better. <laughs> so what were your takeaways, mate? Well, we, we said, as we left, why don't they play NFL games in this stadium yeah. and other college stadiums? If the NFL wants to expand into these areas... That is the way to do my, it, not my, by sending... It, it's that thing why that is a it, franchise... Why is that, is that conversation we had quite a while ago that's since become kind of a... Uh, I did sprout a few places we saw it on the MMQB. That idea of having the... You know, they've talked about the 39th game with the Premier League. Add an extra week to the season. Have to, so take two pre-season games away and just have pre-season scrimmages and stuff like that, which you know, Bill Belichick, all the big-name coaches have said they prefer anyway. You have an extra bye week of the season and you have one week where you play at a neutral venue. Oh. Now, that can be London, yeah. that can be China, that could be Germany, China. or it could be Tuscaloosa, play or the, it could be... Play like, the it would be awesome. Play the Super Bowl in Tuscaloosa at Bryant-Denny Stadium. It looks amazing. The press box is ridiculous. It's an amazing place. You could do it at Tiger Stadium. Stadium. You can as fit well. 110,000 people in there. It's it's phenomenal. 110,000 for a Super Bowl. Would be unreal. The atmosphere would be absolute you could insanity. Do, you couldn't do it at State College because it's a nightmare all around it. But I think I've been to nine NFL stadiums now and two college. The two college <laughs> are the best by miles. Two stadiums I've been to in the in, by in miles. I think I think for atmosphere and stuff like that, yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, think that, that Atlanta one is incredible as a visual yeah, masterpiece. I would say. I thought, also think inside it is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, and like, it's stunning. terrible press box. I don't think it's a terrible press box at all. I was comfortable. Was I had cold. great. It was freezing. I had as well. great sight lines to the uh, pitch, which is what they refer to field. as uh, to the field. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> screwed myself there, didn't I? We got to see um, Aaron Andrews. The food up was close really well. good. Was, we saw Aaron Andrews up front, up close, not up front, and. <laughs> we had a chat with Jack. Uh, we had a chat with Jack uh, Crawford. Which Jack is nice. Crawford, yeah. what a guy! What Lovely a guy! guy. And, and again, we'll do a show later in the week. Where we'll bring you a lot of the interviews and stuff we got because we spoke Lo- with. He falls into the, the category of lovely NFL players. Yeah, absolutely. Along with Michael Thomas, the Dolphins. He also right. seemingly, seamlessly transitions from a US to British accent. And when challenged on it, just went, oh, I hear it and I just change. Before we get back to the NFL, can we just mention the ridiculousness of the East Mississippi yeah, State can. Championship game? Yeah, which, yeah. which was an absolute barn burner, kind of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And East Mississippi seemed to have the um, upper hand for most of the game. And then all of a sudden, 
the team that they were playing, uh, Newman, scored to take the lead and then... Pick six. Then there was a pick six. Lindsay Scott, the, the East Mississippi quarterback, threw a pick six with about seven minutes to go and it looked like it was all over. And just, just as a bit of a background... They were, they were the only team East Mississippi had lost to this season. And they lost 61-38. In that game, Lindsay Scott threw a couple of pick sixes, I think another pick, and there yeah. was fumble returns and stuff. So that stadium had just, was just... Isn't it the same team as well of the fight from yeah. the yes. first season? who then of, went on to win the yeah, national championship. That so, year. So East Mississippi see that as kind of an asterisk. Uh, the second season, they kept talking about it yeah. being the asterisk yeah. and yeah. kept saying... So, so Lindsay then drives them down with about five minutes to go for a touchdown. But they're still down by eight, and Newman Newman eat up the clock, and there's a fumble, and East Mississippi recover, and Lindsay drives them down the field again for a touchdown, needs a two-point conversion, gets it with about eight seconds left, and it goes to overtime. In triple overtime, Newman score on the first play, and East Mississippi have already missed two field goals and had an extra point yeah. blocked, so they didn't want to rely on the kicker, questions about you know missing an extra point and stuff. And, um, he had missed an extra point in the game. I mean, he'd made two, I think, yeah. in overtime already. So no, Matt, one. Matt and I. Were yeah, I think it was only the second. Yeah, it was, it was second only double overtime. Matt, okay, yeah. Matt and I were behind the the end zone where they they were playing to, and we both looked at each other and said, "Go for." I mean, just go for two. Seriously, you also win, tweeted. Just could it. he go for two? Yeah, and, and actually, just win it now. The, they'd scored the two point conversion earlier in the yeah, game exactly. because at the end of the game we thought they should have went for two to win yeah. the game before overtime. So sorry, there. They're down a point. So they point were down a point. Point to tie to take it to fourth overtime. Yeah. Third overtime. Third, third, third overtime. overtime. And we and said, they, listen, just go for two. And they went for two. And they went for two. And it was a great play. So <gasps> it was a ball. Balls it was a, it was so a, they rolled everybody right. They had a jet sweep that ran to the right. So And the line blocked to the right. And yeah. Lindsay rolled and the, right. And they the just snuck the tight end, yeah. I presume. Tight end came from the, from the strong side back under. So everybody goes right, he goes left, Lindsay rolls right and then stops and just throws back against the grain and he's wide open in the end zone. They win it. And the whole place just, it was astonishing. And, then, and Buddy Stevens, wide, wild, <laughs> widely derided after that series. Lovely guy, give us 10 minutes of his time. Every actually, week. I listened to it yesterday, it's 16 and, minutes. And then literally, I tried to catch his eye a couple of times and he'd not, seemingly not seen us or ignored us. As soon as he saw me, he ran over and lifted me off the ground with a bear hug. And then came over, gave me a, uh, another bear hug. We just had a lovely, you know, great chat. Simon has three crack ribs now. Yeah, oh my God, it hurt. <laughs> but uh, Lindsay, you know, Lindsay Scott, we were chatting to, it was just great. And the whole, really, uh, honestly, the whole university were absolute, because we spent d a day down in Scuba and then a day there and we got interviewed to the, that kind of, we got that introduced guy. to him and, just friends of the university Lo lovely people just phenomenal there's, people there's people of a certain age who will remember getting their football scores from CFAX yeah. and stuff like that it was a brilliant moment where we'd been at the uh, we'd been oh, yeah. at LSU and we'd gone out to uh, our pre-game tailgate was at this thing that was organised by a guy that runs a casino which was one of those one of those classic American casinos that's like kind of in the middle of nowhere but everything around it is based around that casino there's like houses and yeah. stuff there's obviously people that work there and it was a beautiful casino actually but we just went there's a sports bar in there and he sorted us out a table and, and we were sat there and we were watching Clemson Florida State which was tight till very late in that game and we also had the Auburn game on which was obviously fascinating because well, Georgia well. were getting so mightily having their asses handed to them and yet there were at least five of us around the table who had the gridiron Twitter open because you lot were live tweeting this game just refreshing it to find out what the score was and to watch the videos you were doing it was honestly like it was a really bizarre experience but also the fact that on 
Friday at the high school game, Simon Clancy turned to me at one point and went, like, I've been following football for however many years, he said, and what's really weird is I've never seen a really good game live. And then he got to see two in a day, right, and right. I genuinely got emotional for him. I was, uh, when I saw how good that game was, I got a little bit choked. I was never like, seen a good yes, game live. I'm really pleased for you. Me I and, really, really am. Like, at the end of that day, we had a, a four-wheel drive back to Atlanta. <laughs> Finished at half four in the morning in, in the a dodgy hotel, hotel where we barricaded, barricaded the door. <laughs> As a bit of a joke to send the photo, but never mate, moved the barricade. Mate, I was not joking. Neither was I. I just didn't want to make it I just, want to make, I just want to make it clear. There was no part of what I was doing by barricading L- the door. Literally every piece of our property was in front of the door. <laughs> I mean, not even But, but on the way home, we were just like... At times speechless, just thinking about what a day it was. Um, then, then on Sunday, we obviously all met in Atlanta. We went to the Falcons-Cowboys game. We, like, we don't need to go into detail, but we had a bit of a, a rough day getting there. It tipped down with rain. There were some issues with credentials. It was all a bit of a mess. So we kind of went in in a bit of a bad mood. Being down on the field and the stadium itself, oh. I think, lifted everyone because it was it is and absolutely stunning. Well. And the fact that the concessions and everything <laughs> the are so cheap. And I've never the press tasted. food was unreal. It's like a gourmet restaurant, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> it really was. Um, and the fact that the early games had so many great finishes as well, well which we were watching brilliant. in Red Zone uh, while watching. Some of them brilliant, some of them a little bit, you know, Jags Chargers, which was one of the most ridiculous endings well, to a game a great ending. I've ever seen. A, a I, would, ending, I would have taken great football. I would have taken being at that game, though, than uh, Atlanta Dallas in terms of how it played out, because our game wasn't a great game. See, I tell you, see, you say that thing is, I loved watching the Falcons Cowboys game from a perspective of certain performances. I thought Matt Ryan, I actually don't think Matt Ryan's been bad all season, but I think Matt Ryan had a really good game in the second half particularly because in the first half we saw he left three or four people like throws just wide open on the field for some reason he hates Austin Hooper Austin Hooper got wide open like three times in the first half nice um Really nice Falcons players as well. We got to chat to afterwards. Yeah. I, know, oh, I know that Matt the best spoke bunch. to Dion Jones and I spoke, and we spoke to Des Trufant. You and I. You spoke um, to Julio. I spoke to Julio for th- you know just me and Julio. I, sp- I asked him five questions. Which I, I spoke you know, to Austin superstar. Hooper. He was really nice. Uh, how Adrian. nice was he about uh, Alex Gray as yeah, well? Yeah, asked him about Alex Gray, and he and said he you can ask me all day about Alex Gray. And it was one of those when I was speaking to him, it became just me and him. And Even then, though there were other people around. Well, there was a couple of other people milling around. And then as soon as other people joined in the conversation, bang, straight to, um, I'm talking to proper members of the media, American <laughs> members of the media now. Don't beat yourself like that. No, no but I, I mean... You're a proper member of the media. I, I am, I, I am. But it's just, I think, and we spoke about this also, being British and being in an American locker room has... It's opened a few, yeah. not, not open doors, but interview-wise, it's no, I mean, been advantageous. The Falcons were amazing in general, because a player like Julio Jones, a player like Desmond Trufon, and you said about Adrian Claiborne, who had the most ridiculous six-sack game. Uh, he, I think he put himself, I think there's only six or seven other players who've had that many sacks in a game, and the, the names on that list are... Uh, yeah, uh, well, OCU and yours on there. But I Derek think. Thomas obviously holds the record with yeah. seven against and, Seattle in that great game. And... He had when he, when he first came out of the shower, he had a scrum of it must have been thirty plus people around him. But he did those interviews, and then they all the cameras buggered off, and then there were kind of three or four press guys, local guys like Orlando Dilebitz was one of them, and they obviously went and got some local stuff, and then another guy came over, and at that point, in every other locker room I've ever been in, you'd have some press guy coming over. Yeah, Sorry, and don't get me wrong, that. it's their job, of course, to come over and do it. I'm not having to go or anything, but they come over and go, "Come on, guys, move yeah. on." Let it's him. Like Kenny Drake last night, talking to Kenny Drake, they were just like, "No, no more questions now." Yeah, and, and that's fine. I, I, maybe that's a home locker room thing because really? in the Panthers locker room, 
I Luke think Keekly it's, I think and loads of it's people to talk stayed you, for a long, long time. And easier is easier to talk when you've won. Can I just say then, on that on that note, um, uh, despite the fact that he was about as abject as any player I've seen in, in recent NFL history, kudos to Chaz Green who got uh, obliterated mm. the entire game uh, for the Cowboys. He fronted, he had his shower and then he came and he fronted up to the media. He answered every single question. There was a massive scrum around him. You know, he could have hidden, a he could have got changed in another room and the, the press team could have taken him out. He didn't. He decided that he'd come out and, and front up and, uh, you know, maximum respect to somebody that does and that. And maximum respect to Travis Frederick who, before speaking to me for a while, literally said to all the media who were waiting, I'm going to come out for 20 minutes. I'll talk on the proviso that you leave everybody else alone in this. He tried that. I mean, it didn't he's, work. I think he's not been, it's not been the first time I think he's done that as well. I think he's kind of taken that on his shoulder. And I mean, before, when, you, like when you're such a great player, player you can do it. Yeah. It's just good to see that kind of thing. The Who would have known how important a left tackle was, by the way, guys? <laughs> yeah, like everyone's talking about Ezekiel Elliott going into that game. Actually, Alfred Morris had a half-decent game. Yeah. Like He doesn't... The, I, the comparison I heard um, actually was on NFL Game Day Morning, which we're watching on the plane. What a world we live in! Um, was that they were saying, is he like Alfred Morris? If you give him some open space, he's got that burst, he's got that cut. Like if there's if there's grass there, he will find it. Ezekiel Elliott will take the grass from you. If you're there, he will carry you those extra few yards. And that's kind of, they don't get the four yards on first down that are easy, even when they've been blocked. And that kind of put them at a down and distance issue. But actually, the fact that they couldn't protect Dak on that left side. And, and Prescott in the first half had some amazing throws and some amazing plays and showed why he's so good, even without having those elements. A really, a really but if Tyron Smith's not back quickly, they are going to struggle. A really interesting counterpoint between Travis Frederick, who was sat opposite Des Bryant. Ugh. You know what I mean? Like a guy who is just a kind of, in the, certainly in the way that he plays, like a, just a, a non-athletic guy, but a guy who's maximising his ability, great technique, and a guy who might have been one of the most talented physical freaks that we've seen. But also seen. one of the most overrated players. Yeah, the absolutely one Sorry, of the most overrated. <laughs> you guys are working on a most underrated team at the moment. If but we, he'd be the most could, overrated. I might, I might do you, Is it for the magazine you're going to do yeah. the most overrated? Can I do a separate just most overrated well, we're, we're 22? Doing that, we're doing that as well. Oh, okay. I just wanted to it's, do my, my pieces like a, a joke piece on the side with that, it, but no, fine. No, we will, yeah, but, we're not doing that as in depth, but we are going to run that with it. Great. My other half. Said if you want me to write that, I will do. My other or half sent me, me the message. Tell me the ideas, and then you write it. <laughs> my other half sent me the message at the end of the game to say that Aaron Andrews had interviewed Adrian Claiborne, and Claiborne had said that he actually didn't think it was Chaz Green's fault as much as it was Dak Prescott's fault. That he thought that Dak was holding onto the ball far longer than than they'd seen on film. So it was interesting, and I tried to ask that. To he said Jerry, he to said Jerry something Jones. similar to me as well. Yeah, because Jerry Jones came out and did like ten minutes with the media, and it was understandably an absolutely enormous scrum um, and although I didn't get a chance to put any questions to him it, it, people were sort of uh, alluding to those sorts of things and he didn't really you know I mean he's not going to come out and slag off his, his star quarterback but you know it's just interesting I mean, Cla I mean Claiborne said to me I said I asked him about two Saxons in particular the sixth one which was the best of the day from my perspective because he not only bent the edge better than I think I've ever seen him do in his career but getting round and getting that swiping uh, pour I mean, on the not, ball you know, stripping it a, out he's never he's, been an edge uh, yeah uh, and, and yeah he looked brilliant doing in that situation but he said I didn't think I'd get that one because I thought the ball would be gone by the time I got there we talked about Derek Thomas and that Derek Thomas story for those people that don't know on that specific day of what happened with his seven sacks is a phenomenal story a tale that you know probably not for today but a tale that definitely needs telling in terms of the relationship with his father who was killed as a uh, as a pilot I'm, I'm fairly certain you've written this story in the magazine 
I haven't really yet. You have, didn't you, Justin Houston, please? Oh, maybe I did. Yeah, you did. It was great. Thanks, man. That's what I was aiming for. Look, can I tell you about five <laughs> touchdowns I scored yesterday? <laughs> You've taken that one out of the world. Um, but also, that also highlights that you should be buying the magazine because I there's mean, stuff like that in there all over the shop. We're, we're at a point now where we're going to struggle to actually talk about any of the games from the weekend, which is fine because I've enjoyed this chat anyway. So let's turn it to something else that's going on in the NFL. This ongoing Roger Goodell, Jerry Jones, Arthur Blank issue that is going to continue to dominate headlines until we've got a clearer picture. Now, we saw Arthur Blank down on the sidelines before the game, and, and he was in fine fettle. He was chatting to people who were down there who were his guests. He was, seemed in, in really good form, but Jerry Jones had some interesting well, comments after the game. Here is some Jerry Jones audio that I was uh, stuck my phone under his nose, and here he is talking about the fact that this is probably the first time that he and he's been to a game where he and an owner have not had a conversation beforehand. Again, I'm not going to discuss that right now. I'm going to give uh, Arthur Bank uh, uh, of a, a, a great game. Falcons playing a good game tonight. Did you talk with Arthur Blank before the game at all? No, I didn't. Is no. that odd that you don't meet with an owner beforehand? Uh, was any of the? That's rare. You think it was related to the? Again, I just said that that's rare. Uh, I've, I've had games where I didn't visit for whatever the reasons, but it's rare. All right. With Tyron, do you anticipate him next week against Phillies or anywhere? Well, I hope so. I hope so. But uh, uh, candidly, we've uh, uh, we've we've got a lot to work. I want to give Atlanta some real credit here, and uh, uh, I just think that. Uh, uh, we uh, uh, didn't adjust as well to uh, them having their outside guys split as wide as they did. Uh, that gave us a lot of problems, and certainly not having a player like Tyron Smith does. But y'all knew about the wide nine before the game, right? I mean, I, well, the plan was. Well, we did, and but we just uh, uh, didn't. Uh, we don't play it as much, and it obviously surprised. Uh, uh, not surprised us, but we obviously, uh, whatever we did, uh, reps we took, whatever we did, uh, we should uh, and can do better, or we wouldn't have let that guy set the record for sacks. <laughs> Jerry, was he a guy you, was he a guy you had interest in signing, Claiborne, a couple of years ago, maybe? Uh, well, I, I, uh, I, I don't want to talk about uh, another player. I really have to watch out talking about another team's player. So you got to watch that. How disruptive is it to not have Zeke out there? I'm sure you're asked this already, but just overall. Yeah, I think we're in good shape with our running backs. And so uh, uh, tonight uh, uh, I really want to give them a lot of credit for uh, really uh, completely, uh, uh, really uh, uh, compromising everything we did offensively by creating breakdowns in our blocking. And so that's the way I'd like to answer that question. You have, Sean, any, you have any concern about Zeke being away from the team for six weeks with no structure, no contact? I think he's got a good plan, and I know that he's uh, uh, going to be doing some stuff. He's going to get away, and he's doing some things that will uh, 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 help his uh, career and his life. And, and so. Uh, uh, no, I'm not as concerned as uh, what, what kind of concerned, concerned about that. I think that he obviously has and uh, has uh, uh, things that he's going to be doing, and uh, I'm satisfied that it uh, uh, will be an improved. And I won't get into his plan. Okay, do you mind think? him going over if he's going out of country and, and doing something out of the country? You don't mind that? Uh, well, uh, the main thing is that uh, 
Uh, I'm not going to get into location, uh, just exactly what kind of uh, uh, activities he's going to be having, uh, but I do know uh, uh, he intends to uh, uh, come back uh, with a, uh, a, a, a fresh approach. You think he's learned from this? I mean, I know you guys feel he's innocent, oh, I, I but this don't process, I, I, well, it made him a changed I'm, man. I, I, I'm going to give you a generic answer, okay? Uh, I think all of us uh, continue to learn. And at his age, uh, he's uh, learning things every day. And uh, so um, uh, there's uh, uh, no question. What I uh, want uh, for uh, Zeke is that he's a better person, uh, not only for whatever he's doing over these next six weeks, but I uh, hope he's a better person for uh, uh, the kind of year that uh, he's having, uh, the kind of year he had last year. And uh, we'll uh, continue to uh, uh, be a better person. Terry, why can't your defense function, it seems, without Sean? Why does it seem to be such a big drop off? Well, uh, that's uh, uh, we, uh, you're like me. I really was uh, uh, disappointed and worried when he left the field. We knew he was gone the minute he left. We, we told us on the sideline. So uh, uh, he's an integral part of, uh, of our success. And I knew it was going to make uh, uh, it was going to be more difficult for us to uh, uh, slow uh, Atlanta team down. That we have a lot of respect for offensively, and uh, of course, number eleven came back with a fury and really did well out there tonight. And uh, uh, they've got a great quarterback, and uh, they're a Super Bowl team. And so. Uh, uh, we had our hands full there. I just uh, had hoped we could uh, execute offensively better. And uh, uh, I think uh, they had everything to say about it. I'm going to say it one more time. We couldn't block them tonight. So uh, where are people kind of standing on this at the moment? Because we saw Jerry Jones and the way he was on Sunday, and we saw Arthur Blank. And uh, the NFL, what's on the field at the moment? On the NFC side of things, I think it was a really entertaining product at the moment. We've got some, we've got some weeks where a lot of upsets going on. We've had a lot of tight games. I think it's been a really good NFL season actually so far. And we're at a point in the NFC. The top four seeds in the NFC, none of them went to the playoffs last season, and now they're the top four. Now they're the division um, leaders in the NFC, and that's never happened before that that is the case. So, what do we? We're enjoying the product on the field. Is there not just an element of this of just get on with it? I don't want to hear about it. I don't it really care. Like, and I think this Jerry Jones thing is essentially Jerry trying to do a favour for his mate Donald Trump, who's really annoyed that, that Roger Goodell has made such a stand about kneeling and that kind of thing. I mean, ultimately, I think it's a power play on behalf of the President of the United States. I, I don't think it has anything to do with football. And Jerry really. Jones is his mouthpiece. Of course he is. Of course yeah. he is. Maybe I mean there's a lot there's a lot of things with. But do we think Jerry Jones has enough power to actually make Without something not happen here? Without a doubt, that Roger Goodell I, might I not think, be in this job anymore. I think time. Jerry Jones is the most powerful man in the NFL, and I think everybody knows it. Do we think that that in potentially has a negative effect on a huge negative the game one. in the UK in terms of Roger Goodell is one of the biggest supporters I, I of think, the international I think, expansion? I think Jerry Jones is a pretty big supporter of that as well, and that's why it happens. I, I mean, mean, I think Goodell's holding his job is a, is at its most tenuous since. 2006. But I mean, I don't, it would be no great loss if Goodell went, but the way that he's probably going to go at this point is just ridiculous. And, and if I was one of the other owners, 
I mean, 31 stronger than one, regardless of that. It's, a, it's amazing. It is amazing. Like, how strongly Arthur Blank came out and said, like, if you've read the Peter King SI piece, which is very, very good, came out and said, Jerry, this is not how we deal with things. What are you doing? But the fact that Jerry Jones is willing to go to the point of getting litigation involved against the other owners, and, yeah, we know the amount of power that he holds and how much of an influence he's had over teams moving to LA and how much money he's going to make from the stadium being built there and I'm sure how much money he would stand to earn if a team came to the UK as well is all well and good but surely there has to be some kind of separation between that and the person running the corporation. If you look at a lot of the companies he's involved with and their various relationships with the NFL you see he's got his finger in a lot of different pies within the NFL that, that we see and it's it is what it is. Everybody kind of knew that this was the case. And, I mean, I think any commissioner is there as long as Jerry wants them personally. But, I mean, that's complete speculation. But Jer- Jerry, Jerry Jones for the next commissioner? Well, no. I think whoever is the next commissioner is probably reporting to Jerry Jones anyway. Wouldn't so. surprise me if it was Condoleezza Rice. Oh, it's, not, it's not an outside shout at all. I mean, I've had the involvement with NCAA, etc. That's an organisation almost as corrupt as the NFL. So... It kind of works. Allegedly. I was a kid, it was a kidding. It's a podcast. I don't have to say allegedly. Should we... Uh, Absolutely the case. Should we just get our... But it is allegedly. Takeaway yeah, it is allegedly. From this week of NFL games? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have the audio. You and I are going to record another podcast tomorrow, whether you like it or not, buddy. So... Uh, <laughs> See what's happening now. We're being phased out. Yeah. Oh, we can... If you guys want to... When you drive like, to... This, do you know what this is like? This is like you three going to the Super Bowl and leaving me behind. Mate, we've made it pretty clear how desperate we are to have you at the Super Bowl, buddy. Oh, because what are we doing? Realistically, you, you could probably come for about 500 quid. Crowdfunding, don't we? If people want People, set, set it in motion. It needs to be something that's really organised by people. I'm not setting up a just giving <laughs> <of funds. laughs> Really, I'm not either. But, you know, if anybody wants to give, I'll just, you know, I can send you my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> just DM me. Oh, Open yeah. up your DMs and see what happens. <laughs> um, glorious. But, yeah, oh, I think you're right, Ollie. Let's just give one one big takeaway as the rock. we know that this How guy likes it so much. the NFL commissioner? Oh, I'd, I'd buy into that. Seriously, I mean, he's going into politics. He used to play football at the University of Miami. The Rock as the next NFL commissioner. I would be all over that. Peyton Manning. You reckon? I wouldn't be surprised. I think they need somebody... Who's got that level of respect. Yeah, so for the next for the next negotiation, they need somebody who players can look at and see as a person that they're willing to sit on the other side of the table with. Interesting. It's a great shout, mate. It's a how really about, interesting shout. How about Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a good chance of that happening. I mean, <laughs> there's a really good chance of being voted in by Bob and Jerry and all of their lot. Donna Brazil? Condoleezza Rice. I'm sticking with Condi. Fine. Fine. Good work. Uh, Ollie, what was your big takeaway from the weekend's action? Well, it's not really a takeaway, but I think we should mention Marquis Goodwin. And the 49ers. I think we should mention Marcus Goodwin in the 49ers. And we've had a, a lot of laughs and it's been silly and we've had a really great time. But for Marcus Goodwin, who scored that touchdown, and the way he celebrated and, and how... Much it clearly meant to him. How much it clearly meant to him. And that earlier that day, lost his... his Unborn uh, son, basically. Well, p- prematurely born son. And... I just think the way that he he got through all of that, 
amongst beating the Giants. I just thought it was a, a really touching story. So that's one of my big things that I'll take away from week it's week 11 is and then just speaking as a 49ers fan i like marquis goodwin a lot for a fit in kyle shannon's system i think he's a, a, a better player than he was ever maybe shown an opportunity to in buffalo anyway great to see the 49ers obviously finally get a win and and even though we joked about it being the perfect season losing so many close games but keeping the high draft pick showing clear improvement all of that stuff it was great to see the team pull together and put on a good team performance even if it was against an absolutely dreadful Giants team um, but yeah I, I, absolutely that's well said Marky's good win thanks mate good for you buddy um, guys you just Matt Sherry and Simon Clancy are both checked fully out. checked out they're both in their phones I'm they're totally both I'm totally listening I'm totally <laughs> <very well checked. laughs> seriously I have nothing else to say beyond the Marky's Goodwin thing because it's uh, uh, you know I'm not going to go into personal details it's an emotional thing it's a beautiful uh, yeah and I think well you and I will and Either of these two wants to join us tomorrow and break down the rest of week 11. But I will be sleeping, shopping, and sleeping. And you're right to do so. That's what I wanted to do, but that's obviously not what's going to happen. Okay. But um, I want to get into the NFC contenders tomorrow in some serious depth because I think we might be on. If things pan out the way they are with the four teams who are leading the NFC right now, the divisional weekend involving the current Saints team, Vikings team... Rams team and Eagles team might be the best. And then on the other side, there's four, it's the Steelers. Well, well, well uh, like, a, like a PR person telling us to wrap up an interview, Ben Mortimer has told us that the bus is here. So <laughs> uh, we, need to, we need to wrap this up. Uh, oh, oh, really, there's loads more I want to talk about. Yeah, but we don't have the time. Uh, so let's get, let's, let's get all the equipment back out the airport and go again. That's not happening. <laughs> some of it's going in the plane. Some of it's, it's not happening. Uh, this is our final farewell from the trip. Can we just have one little kind of uh, takeaway from the trip? Yeah, a, a little. I just, I've just had a great time, guys. I just genuinely uh, like not just in you guys' company because I knew I liked you people already, but there's 20 guys standing behind us. I'm sure over the course of the last hour, you've heard it getting louder and louder in the background. What a great group! Like, and a, a real. And obviously, you're always going to get a real mix of people. Whether they're kind of, you've got the father son groups we talked about. You've got the guys who've been up for going out and stay up at six in the morning. You've got the real hardcore football guys, but. Everyone's mixed really well. Everyone's got on really well. It's been, yeah, a great 10, 11 days of football. And uh, I've had a great time, personally. It's been terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'd feel the same if I had to spend 40 nights in a room with Matthew. Sherry and I did three and a half thousand miles in our little white car. Oh, what a car. What a car. I've seen Sherry more naked more times in the past month than his wife has. True. Which is How not. many diapers did you change? <laughs> a lot. More than his wife as well. <laughs> I've seen a, a man consume more burger meat than anybody. <laughs> is that Will? That's you, buddy. Yeah, I've had a few burgers. He's had a few burgers, about 19 tonnes of pizza. But they're, they're loading up the bus, shrimp. guys. We've got to go. It's been um, beautiful. It's been a great time. These guys have been great. You three have been great. People listening back home, wish you were here as well. We love you all, guys. As Ollie's decided to end the podcast, I'll ask you, Matthew Sherry, any final thoughts? I could never put it as well as Ollie just has. What a man. This has been the Gridiron Show. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go, before we go. Yeah, it's got to be great. Hands in on three. Great trip. Great trip on three. One, two, three. Great Great trip. trip. Yeah.